Welcome to Bewildered. I'm Martha Beck, here with Rowan Mangan. At this crazy moment in history, a lot of people are feeling bewildered, but that actually may be a sign we're on track. Human culture teaches us to come to consensus, but nature, our own true nature, helps us come to our senses. Rowan and I believe that the best way to figure it all out is by going through bewilderment into bewilderment. That's why we're here. So, Marty, I think there's a pretty good chance that our listeners are out there going, oh, wow, I have a lot of cultural messages in my head and Mm -hmm. it's not that easy to access the voice of my true nature. Yes. And I don't know, they might be thinking, is there anything else that I could do other than listening to this podcast to help me learn to listen to my heart? Well, I had this question, even as a young child, I would say, I am not happy. And people would say, well, it's all in your head. And I'd be like, I know, get it out of my head. But nobody could really help me do that. And so um, in my 20s, I sort of made up a system to help me detach from cultural messages and connect with my true nature. And it ended up being my career as a life coach and then training people to do the same thing. And I think that, you know, it's just like people who feel the urge to heal themselves, help others heal and heal the world, Mm. that this this term life coach sort of slots into that in our culture. And people take the training to hang out a shingle and become life coaches. People take the training because it's like getting life coaching yeah you know and people also take the training just to learn to access their own true nature yeah it was originally just a access your own true nature course Mm -hmm. but when you've mastered that you really want to share it with other people and people want to be shared with and they will pay you money so if that's the way you want to go that's why it ended up being life coach training but it's actually wayfinder which is different. It's about finding your way by connecting with your true nature and and steering your own course. So if people are interested, you can Google Wayfinder Life Coach Training or go to MarthaBeck.com and you will find your way. Yes, you will. Hi, I'm Martha Beck. And I'm Rowan Mangan. Welcome to another episode of Bewildered, the podcast for people trying to figure it out. I myself have been trying to figure it out using all the latest productivity apps. And then Marty came into the room and threw her phone out the window and suddenly calculated the velocity of the fall. And there she was, had it all figured out. All figured out for like literally seconds. And then, of course, I had to get my phone. So I plunged out the window, (laughs) sustained a head wound that broke my phone and forgot it all immediately. Well, hopefully we'll be able to, to get that important wisdom back today i'm just i'm waiting for it to crawl through the window like a spider and go into my ear as so many spiders do oh it's a disgusting concept oh i can't believe you said that my head is full of spiders (laughs) (laughs) but you knew that (laughs) so seriously ro what are you trying to figure out okay so what's on my mind is that every time i walk into our kitchen marty yes I seem to begin singing spontaneously without any forethought. Yes. Big Spender, the song Big Spender. I have noticed that and I thought there must be a reason. I, look, I can only assume there is, but it is inaccessible to me. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think it's because you just ordered a lot of cookware. Oh, I did. Yeah, you did. Expensive good cookware. It was 
delicious cookware. Just, I, I, it makes me nervous because it makes me think that every time you walk into the joint, you're going to <laughs> become a big spender. And that same minute. Right? You're just going to start wildly <laughs> purchasing things. It's strange though, because I, I, you know, like I'll, I'll just be doing my thing, doing something in the kitchen, and then it'll just come out. The minute you walk in the joint and then I go shut up Mangan (laughs) oh I thought that was me (laughs) (laughs) one of us does I don't know which one it's true though there are songs that get state dependent memory connected to different spots like different you'd think of a song when you're driving past a certain intersection and then the next time you're in that intersection it's but I'm at a bump but up every time but I'm at a you could be going to a funeral but I'm at a bump but up you can't it's like there's something uncontrollable about the earworm. <gasps> I want that played at my funeral. I want. You know what? We just figured out my ears are full of spiders and yours are full of worms. That is disgusting. Shut up, Beck. All right. All right. So, what are you trying to figure out, Marty? I am trying to figure out how to tolerate listening to audiobooks at the normal speed instead of double or uh, more regular speed because yeah. i'm hooked on the speed i'm hooked on speed ro <laughs> i'm hooked on the speed of listening to like books on neurology at triple pace this is like your version of an extreme sport <laughs> putting <laughs> yes. science books on very fast audiobooks and, and people and it's annoying people in the family and I, it's not just when the book is on it's when i start talking <laughs> after the book goes off and I'm like, hey, Ro, you wouldn't believe this, but I just read book, man. This woman didn't have any saliva. She had no saliva. She had no saliva. And then she went, did things in her brain, and she felt the saliva in her brain. It's like living with Alvin and the chipmunks. It's disturbing. <laughs> Alvin and the chipmunks do neurology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing you've got into. But, you know, you can't sleep I afterwards. I can't sleep afterwards. And I just stay up all night. Like, and then I'm like, I'm completely wired. <laughs> we both have this experience where, because we're both quite big on audiobooks, so I, I hasten to add I tend to listen to mine at a pretty um, normal speed, but we both try to fall, like, fall asleep to audiobooks and, and they have a, a habit of like entering our dreams. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a recent one of that? We. I was like, why will this man not stop talking about meditation in my dreams? I thought I'd do a meditate yourself to sleep. And it worked, uh-huh. except he would not shut up. It's like three in the morning. Why? Why is there a man in my dreams talking about meditation? I'm tired of him. It went on till morning. Whereas for me, it's like, why will these police not stop solving crimes in my dream? Because I'm lowbrow. <laughs> Uh, good times, good times. Yeah. I just read a book about sleep. We should do a podcast on sleep. And All right. it'd be like, you gotta sleep, you gotta sleep, you really gotta sleep. <laughs> it's gonna be a great episode. Hey, yeah. Let's get to our reader interaction or listen. What what we call it when they listen when they read with their ears. Yes. We call them listeners. <gasps> when they listen with their eyes, yes. we call them readers. But they're the same people. I mean, come on, you guys. My mind is blown. Yeah, let's not get too caught up in language. (laughs) (laughs) Change, eh? Mm, It sure does keep happening. I feel like there's something that you, Martha Beck, have created that will help us understand how change affects us and how to manage it. 
by coincidence, now that you mention it, I have. It's called the change cycle. Mm. It's about four aspects of the whole process of change. And we've put the information together in one handy place so that the people can refer to it when they're going through change. And you know what else? We also made podcast episodes about each of the four squares in the cycle that are also on this new page that we've made for the peoples. Well, how remarkable is that? All right, you can find out all about the change cycle at marthabeck.com slash change. Anyway, we got lots of, of feedback to our What Bewilders You. And we, yeah, we can't do all of them, but some of them were remarkable. We just had to bring them in. We put the word out on Instagram a few days ago in the distant past by the time you're listening to this, honestly. But um, we said, what's bewildering you? What are you trying to figure out? And goodness gracious me, for instance, one of our beloved listeners is bewildered by why others don't dress in costume. She says, if I'm going on a horse, I need a bandana, (laughs) etc. <laughs> it's funny because on the Instagram format that we use, it's really limited by characters, which frustrates a lot of people and it's quite funny. And so she's just you can see her getting getting really like working up to a big thing. Right. For instance, if I'm going on a horse, I need a bandana and then no more room, etc. <laughs> et <cetera. laughs> I definitely need a bandana if I'm going on a horse. Yeah, this reminds me of a time when my son, our son Adam, was like seven or eight. He would not take a bath without a shark fin on his head <laughs> <laughs> and swim fins on his feet. And he used—I knew he was headed for a bath when he'd go slurping past me in the background with goggles and a shark fin on his head and these fins on his feet. It was—it was remarkable. I love that image. I it love was, that image. It's actually worth living a human life just to have that image in my head. Oh, God, yeah. Are there any other – I'm trying to yeah, think if okay, there are so- any other things that I need um, costumes for. Look, I well, i tell you one really important one. When I record a podcast, I have to be wearing my pyjamas. It's a new development. It began today, but um, I'm proud of it. I don't regret it. I think it's a new fad. I think you all intuited that I was wearing pyjamas while we recorded this and – made you feel more comfortable yeah yeah it's good the so, pajama vibe goes out through the ear, through the earwaves the earwaves it does yeah what who else what else okay so i liked this one a lot um i was reading about avocets later i craved avocados are the first three letters of a word really that important so powerful she did right. I lost the thread for a minute. And I was thinking about it, first three words, and I was like, mm, I can't think of anything. That means I'm bad. And immediately I thought of badminton and but I went but I think you're right. I think you're right, whoever you are. I can't grammar for dreamers. Yeah. I think the first three letters of everything are so powerful. They're like a spell of some kind. And I didn't realize it until she wrote in. We also heard from friend of the show, Miranda, who <laughs> who actually had quite a few things that were bewildering her, I have to say. Um, the one that I, I felt particularly resonant with was she says she's bewildered by the fact that I'm often right and everyone else is wrong in every way. <laughs> I like that she clarified, in every way. Right. Yeah. And that is bewildering, isn't it? Is it, is it fun to be the smartest person in the room? This yes. Is from no, it's horrible. <laughs> Poor Miranda. 
And she also wrote in, she's bewildered by the fact that she wants to reply to this 5,000 times. And she did. <laughs> no, she didn't. But um, her final thing that I, that I feel like she typed this in, in just an absolute frenzy of bewilderment. So it's like, what are you trying to figure out? And she replied simply, gnocchi. Gnocchi. Gnocchi are yummy. Could I just say that I saw the GNO that are the beginning of gnocchi? Yes. And I immediately thought of Gnosticism and the Gnostic Gospels. So GNO. I mean, I thought the, of gnomes. The first three letters, I'm telling you, it is a spell cast upon us. It, it will is. rule our days. But yeah, we too are bewildered by gnocchi. How can it be so yummy? And yet related to Gnosticism and gnomes. I don't know. I don't know either. Someone else said she's bewildered by how long it takes to make good things, dreams, creations, futures, patience, baby. I read that as it takes so long to make dreams. Yes. Creations. Yes. Futures. Yes. Patience. Yeah. It takes a while to make patience. And then she just said baby. And I'm like, oh, I get it. I read it right. It says patience, baby. Patience, they, may baby. Not, they may not have guessed this, but I can't see these things particularly well the way I've got them set up. So yeah, I thought it took a while to make patience. Yes. And a baby. And I'm like, wait, that doesn't take that long. <laughs> it bloody does. Yeah. If you do it, if you go to a doctor and have Either it. way, it's a pretty long chunk of time. Can't get it over in a morning. Uh, making the baby? I I was able to make three with simple objects I found around the house. That wasn't a baby. That was just the beginnings of a baby. Well, call them and tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> Patience, baby. Patience, baby. Yeah, it does take it takes a freaking long time to do things. Yeah. It does. Really. Like a podcast. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That's true. Um, now, my favorite here is the one who's bewildered by obtaining locally sourced produce for mangan-style frittatas. I feel you. I feel you. Patience, baby. Patience, baby. See, the thing is, though, that you need a w w caught wild frittata. Yeah, you want to go foraging for your frittata, but because it's very easy, you know, it's very easy to come by kind of the farmed frittatas, um, which they'll say are wild caught, but yeah. then it's, I mean, it's it's basically, it's you not You just good. see it's them in farming. their little pans, like strolling through a pasture, and you know that they'd rather be frolicking in a swamp the way a wild frittata will do. That frittata's not grass-fed. <laughs> it's not swamp-fed. <laughs> there are no dead frogs in that frittata. <laughs> Thank you for following me on Instagram and for um, enjoying my self-indulgent food posts. <laughs> Could I just say that your frittatas are bewilderingly good? Thank and, you. and no joke. Thank you. Yeah, I, so I can only agree. So as you know, Marty, and our listeners know, mm. on this podcast we are all about getting people from a state of bewilderment to a state of bewilderment. Mm, like which, the frittata. Like the frittata, exactly. So where we go from feeling confused to reconnecting with our own true natures. And thereby we solve our problems. And the problem we want to talk about today specifically is argument, conflict, something that is so rife in the culture. And so it just seems to be getting more and more argumentative all the time out there, more conflicted. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, there's there's sort of an element of, yeah, it's always been like that. 
for sure. Yeah, but think about it. When you just had a village and it took like a messenger going to another village to carry a message of argument, like to somebody, <laughs> your sister who married out of the village, and it's like, you know, screw you, Margaret. And then the messenger would have to come back and like sing the reply to you. That screw was... you too. <laughs> there was a lot of work for messengers, but um, arguments tended to be slower paced, give people time to calm down. And then we had the telephone and the telephone argument. But now it's like, light speed argument and everybody's doing it all the time with everybody or so it sometimes appears yeah i agree and even just like right look at look at tv and look at courtroom dramas argument it's an adversarial like that's adversarial yeah or by definition (laughs) um cop cop drama you know all of that stuff it's all about people against people somebody against somebody else yeah and and the more conflicted you get the more attention you get so people are fascinated by argument. And it's, it's true. I mean, in high school English, they told us you have to put conflict in your story or no one will be interested because our brains really are geared to be fascinated by argument. But man, we're blowing out our circuits here because like people are making money by creating bigger and bigger conflicts to draw more and more attention, which can equal dollars. Yeah. And, and I think even before that, you've got you know, just on people online, there's people trolling each other. There's the anonymity of that, and and just something really nasty about about human nature can come out on yeah. on the, these anonymous forums. Yeah, I you mean, know. when you have to stand up and say something, like in a town council, even even after the we had telephones, people would stand up in town councils and say, "I disagree with this person, my neighbor," and they might ha- they might come to to words. But there were other people there and they were filtering it and the the trolling stuff, my gosh. Every now and then we get a troll when we're doing something online. It's devastating. Yeah. It's so malicious. And it doesn't seem to come from anywhere. Like it's it's this sort of harm for its own sake. There's a cartoon that I really love that um, has someone says, come to bed, it's late. And the other one says, I can't. Someone on the internet is wrong. <laughs> it's true. And, and we'll talk a little bit more, a little bit later about how that hooks us. When someone comes at you that, that aggressively with an argument, you, it's easy to get really hooked. And, and for it to escalate. And there's not, no nuance, you know, in that. So, so you don't even have to be intending argument to create argument, I think online a lot of the time. Can I bring up a very long and, and ridiculous word that oh, our listeners would, I think, really love? It's called, the word is schizogenesis, and it means the birth of the division. Schizo is division, and genesis is birth. So it, what happens when people start to argue or get into any kind of conflict is that one person, say, gets their feelings hurt accidentally, and so they're like, me must be nice to be you. And suddenly that tone makes the other person afraid that they're being attacked. So they have a fight or flight response. And they're like, what do you mean by that? What are you saying? And the other person is like, you're always talking me down. And it, and the argument escalates really quickly and goes into like, it's almost like an earthquake starting with a tiny little touch. And you see that online so much because people can't hear each other's voices or look into each other's eyes. So there's nothing modulating the aggression. And we have something called a negativity bias that makes us read conflict into things even when it's not there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I think I see people, you know, with this, I mean, I'm kind of fascinated by the part of the conversation about where we get 
we we create argument because we can't understand each other. Like we're we're so disconnected from each other in some of these online spaces that, you know, like where there'd be body language, where there'd be a laugh or a chuckle or modulating your tone of voice and all of that is gone. I I know that there's one thing that people have, have started doing, they've been doing it for years really, is um, this, people started saying there should be a font for sarcasm. <laughs> and so what, what people do online, a lot of our listeners will know about this, is is they'll they'll put, as, as they finish the sentence that is sarcastic, they'll put a, a slash and an S to yeah. say end, this ends sarcasm. Ends Ooh. the sarcastic bit, and it's it's against this because there's so little ability to be nuanced, and it's also where emojis and would come from, That's right? True, I write almost exclusively in emojis. You do. <laughs> We've returned to hieroglyphics. I mean you no harm. I mean you no harm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting that you talk about um, about the slash and the s because it's still logical. It's still language. Because if we're in nature, so we talk about culture versus nature. If you watch animals fight, and I've watched everything from chipmunks when I used to meditate with the chipmunk bird seed in my lap, um, I've watched them fight two chipmunks. Not kidding, you guys. Two chipmunks once had a territorial dispute in my open hands that were set together. They were like two little sumo wrestlers. Your anyway, hands were the territory? Yes. That they were fighting over? Yes, I'd been sitting there without moving for an hour, and they were like, well, Time to always, colonize this. Yeah, it's always been there. It, hasn't, it never moves. So let's take over. <laughs> so they crawled right into my hands, and they were so soft and warm. And then they had a sumo wrestling match over the, the turf of my hands. Oh, <laughs> well, it's so cute. But see, there's, that just goes to show you how cute arguing arguing can be if you're not in it <laughs> <laughs> or if you if you if it's happening in a natural environment <laughs> yes. but no seriously after they fight they there's a winner loser and they both shake like not trembly shake sometimes trembly shake but they shake it off like water and i've seen ducks do it i've seen leopards do it i've seen all kinds of animals do it and they go and what they're doing is they're coming out of the fight or flight state the sympathetic nervous system arousal into the parasympathetic sympathetic nervous state. So instead of fight or flight, they're now in rest and relax. But humans sustain the fight with language indefinitely, sometimes for 80 years and never come down from it. Ah, oh, so language is the thing that stops us from shaking it off. Language Somehow. and imagination, because we can imagine the thing going on. And we do. We don't just imagine it going on. We imagine it worse. I bet he's thinking this about me. Oh, well, I'll give him a piece of my mind. Oh, my God. Then he'll think that. Well, I'll be like that. Right. Yeah. And it's all about what you're like, what you're projecting onto the other person as their intent. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. all right. So I think we all know this feeling of getting sucked into an argument. Um, what we want to talk about in this episode is... How do you disappear from the conflict when you're locking heads with someone? And we, we're calling it ghosting the argument because ghosting is that sort of um, process. It's like another – actually, it's another – ghosting is another response to this weird lack of nuance in the way we live in a sort of highly technologized world, right? Because ghosting is is a term that's to do with d modern dating where, yeah. um, you know, or, or friendship, I guess, where you just stop contacting the other person. Like you've been on a couple of dates and then um, you just stop replying to their texts and you don't answer their calls. And, um, and that's called, you know, when you get ghosted by someone. Hmm. And so we want to talk about ghosting this argumentative 
stance. Is that fair to say? Ghosting the conflict, ghosting any argument you see that's pulling you in and it's making you unhappy is not resolving anything. So there's nothing productive about it, but you get locked, as you said, you get locked in by the kind of the structures of the brain. So we want to talk about how to get unlocked. How you get unlocked. How you, yeah, how you, it's like taking a fish hook out of your skin. It's got all kinds of barbs and prickles and snags and you have to get it out because it's going to hurt you if you leave it there. Yeah, we, I think, you know, a lot of it is to do with what you were saying about language and that we perceive an intent to harm on the, on the part of the other person, whether yeah. they're at the end of a Facebook comment thread or, you know, wherever. So, Marty, how do we come to our senses on this issue of conflict and argument? It's, it's not easy, but there's a really interesting image that I take from my favorite place, Taoism, the Chinese philosophy that says there's a force that runs through life called the Tao or the way. And we just need to trust the force and get in harmony with it. This is a story from Zhuangzi, um, who was one of the preeminent Taoist scholars. And he says this, imagine yourself, and I want everybody listening to do this. Imagine that you're rowing a boat across a river. And you're rowing backwards as one does. That's the weird thing about rowing. Well, you're not rowing backwards. You're rowing forwards. I'm confused. You're facing backwards. Your back is to the prow, right? So you, yes. Yeah. So the boat is going forward, but you are backward compared to the boat. I mean, that in itself is just a Zen koan as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's certainly Go backward to go forward. (laughs) Go backward to go forward. That actually is in the Tao Te Ching. Sorry, we're having an argument here. How do we ghost it? Here's how. Okay. (laughs) You're rowing, you're rowing, you're rowing. You can't see where you're going because your back is to the direction you're headed and bonk, another boat runs into you. Bastard. Yes, immediately. I, you hate that other boat. You hate the person rowing the other boat. How could he have rowed right into me? So typical. Yeah, just the way they are. And you turn around, you're ready to curse and swear and yell, and you see an empty boat just drifting. Oh, empty. Yeah. Oh, well. So do you feel the weird internal shift? Like you're all ready to be enraged, and then it's just bloop. There's nothing to be angry at. Oh, can I give you an example? It's a different one, but it's just something that occurs to me that is exactly the same thing. And I think you do this too because we go in cars together. What about when you see roadkill up ahead of you on the road and you're getting closer and you're like, oh, God, I have to see this poor creature that's died and you're getting all, like, I speak myself, I get, like, really preemptively upset and then you get closer and it's just someone's sweater (laughs) that's been wet in the rain (laughs) and it's that same thing. It's like, oh, nothing died. Yeah, there's nothing in there. Cool. I had an actual experience of this while I was driving the other day. Oh, yeah, so I'm driving along and I come to a place where there's a major, like it's a six-lane road. Like oh, this is wild, this story. highway. So there are, there's a traffic light and I'm turning left and there's a green arrow for left and um, there's a whole lane for that. But there's only one left turn lane. Okay, so I'm right behind the front car. So the front car that's facing the light is right in front of me. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting. All the lights are in red. It takes forever. Then they go go green. Finally, we get the green arrow. The car doesn't move. The car doesn't move. The car doesn't move. Someone behind me goes beep, beep. And I go beep, beep just to show them. It's not my problem. It's that in front of me. Yeah. Yes. And that the car didn't move. That 
Boston. I know. The light went red again. We had to go through a whole nother cycle. I bet that bastard was texting. I bet so. <gasps> and we go, and the green arrow turns, and right behind me, this truck goes, meh, meh. I'm blaring. Everybody's honking. It's Every, escalating. Like, there's a, it's escalating. There's a long line of cars, and we're all honking like crazy. Doesn't move. And we were ballistic. Like, I, I feel that I speak for my other drivers, <laughs> my fellow drivers, all like a mile back. We were furious. The next green what arrow. What were you doing? And to express your fury, you yourself. Oh, I was just going, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I wish I'd oh. seen you. And I was thinking, they're all mad at me. Everybody <laughs> behind me, they think it's me. It's my job because I'm the one right behind. I'm supposed to get that blinkety blink. I'm going to get them moving, man. It's my fault. Or everyone, th oh, I was in a state. I can only imagine. <sighs> Talk about fight or flight. I was squirting adrenaline out of my ears. So <laughs> then finally, the lights go around again. And as soon as the green arrow goes, the truck behind me goes vroom, vroom, and drives mm. over the median and drives into the opposite traffic flow. Wow. But it's they've got a red light, but yeah. it's still pretty dicey. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm getting in on this. So immediately, right, vroom, vroom, and I go over the median. And as, as I pass the car waiting at the light, I see there's no one in it. It was Almost literally an empty boat. I don't know. It was an empty someone... car boat. Yeah, it was a car boat, yeah. which is similar. Yeah. Could have been an amphibious boat. We don't know. It's a really good point. We should investigate further. And the person in it may have been sleeping, but yeah. they had slumped down, if so, to the point where you couldn't see anything. And it was so odd because every one of these cars behind that was just like, oh, my God. And they would go over the median and then, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so weird. funny how it how you know in all of these examples it just disappears that anger it just disappears yeah or or in in my case tragic grief <laughs> <laughs> for a dead animal that never was yeah did even Eckhart Tolle describes having a an experience like this the enlightened spiritual teacher I and guys if I have said this on this podcast before I please never tell me because. It's embarrassing enough to tell at one time. So this is a story that Eckhart Tolle tells about being in a public toilet because this is going to go well. When yeah. you hear about an enlightened master in a public toilet, you just know, like everyone's just <laughs> sitting down and getting settled in with their popcorn for this story. So um, it was a unisex toilet and he goes in, there's a woman comes out and then he goes in and there's pee all over the toilet seat. Pee? Yeah. And he's absolutely disgusted. And he's just like, how did that woman pee all over the seat? And he was trying to think through the anatomy ramifications. <laughs> and um, finally what he realised as he sort of scrubbed the seat down with toilet paper is that she must have been a, a transgender woman and so had had – peed all over the seat from a standing position and that's the only thing he could figure out and he's like well I suppose you know I should but even so I mean you shouldn't pee all over a seat <laughs> whatever your identity issue yeah. may be <laughs> keep my toilet seat pristine and he's so angry <laughs> this enlightened master is so angry and he's got himself all worked up to go and say something to her. He's like, I'm going to come out and I'm going to find her and I'm just going to tell her that that is not acceptable. And so he finishes and he flushes the toilet. And, of course, the toilet um, flushes all over the seat. 
it was the toilet flush. It wasn't pee. It was the toilet. <laughs> Isn't that a great story about pee on a seat in public? So that, you just talked about that interesting de-escalation. Mm. And it's fascinating. In the, in the body, it's called the alkaline tide. Ooh. It's fancy, right? Because when you go into fight or flight, all these acidic um, hormones go to work. All, your, your blood acid rises. And then when you see there's no threat, there's this wash of chemicals from the parasympathetic or that are related to the parasympathetic nervous system. And it's literally alkaline. It literally calms you down. And they say, I don't know if it's true, that cancers can't form in an alkaline environment, but they love acid. So like what you're experiencing is this- Like hippies. Yes, you need a lot of acid. (laughs) Yeah, you can get some interesting mental shifts on acid. But these internal acids, when the alkaline tide comes in, it's just like, oh, never mind. That's so funny. I I didn't know the physiology of it. But what it seems like to me, the, the psychology is to do with when you see that the boat is empty, that that projected intent to harm that you're putting onto the other person disappears because the boat's just bobbing along and it happens to bonk your boat. It's not heading for you. It's not intending you harm, right? Yeah, and one thing I've found over and over in coaching is that people who are aggressive, 99.999% of the time will tell you they're afraid they actually, and it's usually about something that happened a long time ago. So they got some kind of internal scarring. And I mean, like I used to have this reaction. I had a bad experience with a person with white hair once. And I realized that people who had white hair would trigger that in me. And I would assume that there was something scary about them. Mm. And so I would become slightly defensive and Defense is the first act of war, as Byron Katie likes to say, is the moment you come across as defensive, like, well, hello, immediately the other person's physiology is hooked. The first dog I had, um, we rescued her and we didn't know anything about what happened to her before she came to us. But if she ever saw a man with a beard or a man in overalls, (laughs) she would lose her mind and it's the exact same thing right but it's without the language component of of the psychology is it just shows how simplistic our mechanisms actually are it's like beard white hair (laughs) what i always say is when we're scared we're scary right and i do this to remind myself not to be afraid because like if i'm in a session with a client or if i'm doing something online and i start to get a like nervous that i can't help them my increase, I, I start to get alarmed and they actually, I actually think you can feel it energetically that somebody, when they're going, remember it's fight or flight. So anytime you're scared and you're talking from a scared place, you got to kind of force yourself to realize, um, I'm coming across as attacking and frightening the other person. And so my intent to harm is zero, but what they're seeing is a boat smashing into them with someone in it. And they, of course, assume I intend to harm. I don't think it's true to say necessarily that it's always fear that motivates every single, I mean, who knows, maybe Mm. it is at some deep level. But I think, you know, people can be obnoxious without necessarily being in a particularly heightened state of fear, maybe some generalized one, I don't know. But but I think that the point is you don't have to understand them as afraid in order to, like, get to this, like, ultimate, spiritual life hack for dealing with 
with other people, right? Because what's the punchline, Marty, to the empty boat situation? The punchline that Zhuangzi put in there is all boats are empty. <sighs> what? I, I already knew you were going to say that. And I got chills right down my arm when you said that because it's just like, it is so powerful, that Isn't idea. is a mind blower, that one? I got the chills too when I first read this and actually every time I think about it. But here's the thing, I didn't understand it. Right. It gave me the chills. So it's the chill of truth. Uh-huh. But I've got no idea what it actually means. Right. <laughs> and I had to like parse it out for myself because it, it's not like just a nonsense statement. It's a nonsense statement apparently to my cultured mind mm. that went right to my nature and said, this is important, pay attention. Right. And so what I did, I've spent many, many hours meditating and looking at my own fight flight reflex, which is extremely hyperactive. And like watching myself have internal arguments with people who have upset me and I've, I'm very upset with them. Mm -hmm. And the thing about meditation is it moves you out of that fight flight part of the brain into an observing role. And at the part of the brain that observes is also very compassionate. And so the first thing that happens is if you start to watch an argument, like replay it with a remote control and say, okay, I can have compassion for what I was feeling at that moment and why I got so argumentative. And you get that alkaline tide reaction. Then you can say, maybe the other person was just in their crap. You know, maybe they have some history of whatever. Maybe they didn't, they would have yelled at anyone. It was nothing personal to me. It was somebody in some kind of pain, like shrieking out and doing something horrible. But I have no idea what was, what are the forces causing that? And maybe they're just an empty boat. Yeah. Like, so in, in the metaphor, it would be like, there's a tide that is pushing them towards you in a, in a movement that feels like attack if there's someone in the boat, but it's actually just the tide and the boat's empty, right? Oh, so that. so the, the force isn't intention. The force is natural. It's like you thinking that someone, you know, the difference between someone attacking you with a knife or an avalanche. All this isn't to say that because we can recognise that the other boat is empty when we get hit, it's not to say that you won't respond to it. It's still going to we, – we can't help having a reaction when we get hit by a boat. I hate getting hit by a boat. I know. It's the worst. And I can have the moment of, you bastard, followed by the moment of, oh, it's an empty boat. But I'm still going to get riled up when I get hit. Right. And that, you know what I said about the animals, how they just shake off their aggression and move forward? Mm. I left something out, actually. In higher primates like baboons – there's because they're able to sustain a thought of somebody being a rival or an enemy they actually have similar responses so they're very close to us biologically we are we are monkeys we have a biological response to a boat hitting us and it is boom fight or flight you know and, and anger so yeah we're human all this so it's all about don't expect that coming to your senses one time means you're going to walk around. Like Eckhart Tolle couldn't stand the sight of a toilet seat, you know? So <laughs> let's. So, so what we're saying is the point isn't to, to free yourself of argument. The point is to learn how to diffuse it when it happens. Is that right? Absolutely. And there's, a, there's an exercise that I read in a book um, and I was listening to it on double speed. So it affected me. <laughs> Very deeply. It and was very so quickly. It was, it's a book called Words Can Change Your Brain. It's very cool. And uh, go get it. 
And it was describing how we have this biological response to apparent aggression. And it says in the book, the reader says, okay, now I'm going to say some things and I want you to listen. And I just want you to notice how your body, how your feelings react to this. Okay, I'm going to do it now, okay? Okay, here we go. Everybody listening, this is the exercise. Just watch yourself. No. 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 Jesus. Right? Yeah. I mean, I specifically have no agenda. (laughs) I am literally just shouting. Yeah. And And my heart rate picked up and... I, my palms are sweating. Wow, that was soft. <laughs> and, and, and that's how, I mean, even when it's set up and by God, for sure, this is an empty boat, we still have that biological reaction. And it's still really tempting to say, you steered right at me and hit me with that. That was more than I was, was expecting. So, you know, how do you come to your senses when you've got that to deal with? I've always been weird. (laughs) When I write and speak professionally, I have to tone it down, especially the part where I believe the universe loves us and is on our side. A few years ago, I decided to just show up online and say what I really think. This became The Gathering Pod, a series of discussions about how to thrive in a difficult world. So if you need hope, inspiration, or a chance to listen to someone much weirder than you could ever be, come join me on The Gathering Pot. How do you? Well, here's the interesting thing. If you just heard the no, no, no response and you got all verklempt, I'm still a bit verklempt. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing is, and I say this on like every show because it's the way, the way back to nature is breath. So take a long breath and especially that long exhale because no creature in the middle of a fight ever went, (sighs) right? So that's the first thing. If that got you riled up at all, take a deep breath and then say, there was nothing in that. Mm. There was literally, that person doesn't even know me. Marty doesn't even know me, isn't talking to me, didn't mean any harm. It just was a, a thing that happened, yeah. and I have no idea what's behind it. Yeah. How's that working for you, Ro? Yeah, it is. So so I breathe, and then I just picture you, even though, I mean, your boat, you, you, that was the definition of an empty boat because you just said, now I'm going to do this thing, get ready. You know, it's clearly not coming from, it's impossible to impute harm, intent to harm on her part because she said, this is an exercise. Then she started yelling at me, victimizing me, (laughs) making me feel like (laughs) shit, denying me of something. I'm not even sure what. Can Uh, can I tell you what's really going on in me right now? Yeah. I'm thinking about our editor, Scott. Uh-huh. who has to put this together and how <laughs> he not- begged me not to scream into the microphone, <laughs> begged me on his knees to stop screaming into the microphone. And I just screamed as loudly as I could. And I'm thinking, oh, he's going to be so mad. He's mad at me right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've got to defend myself. He's really going to be upset. I am fully in it. I love it when, like, the, this is really funny because this is a boat that doesn't even exist, like, let alone empty. It's it's absolutely certain that at this moment, Scott can't know that you yelled. But in my heart and mind, he's furious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fast and furious. Oh, that's too so funny. I, it's like unhook, 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 unhook. It's constant unhooking. 
So what I think happens though, and this is the the bit where the spiritual life hack just gets itself on some steroids, is that for me, as I go through the exercise, I feel myself getting riled up when you victimize me like that with your dark black heart of doom. And um, then you, and, and I'm, I'm all stressed out. Then I picture your boat as empty, like the boat that just screamed no at me was just coming on a, on a current. Um, and uh, yeah, I can breathe a bit. But what I notice is that as I go into that place, my boat is empty. Like this is the idea, right? All boats are empty. Then my boat must be empty too. Hmm. And then I'm just like floating. I just had a weird experience in my head while you were doing that because I was thinking about this woman who during the height of the pandemic, I think she was drunk and she started licking the windows of a bar. (laughs) She was so angry. Of course you thought that. (laughs) (laughs) what about me saying my little spiritual epiphany made you think of an angry woman licking doorknobs (laughs) it just activated but no (laughs) this is the effect i have on her i'm here like expressing my soul (laughs) and she's like that really reminds me You are so lucky your boat is empty, Martha Beck, because if it wasn't, I'm telling you, I'd be climbing on board right now (laughs) with a knife. I don't know why that came up for me while you were talking, but what came, because I was so horrified and offended by this woman, and I saw that awful face licking the window, and you said... Between takes, she said to me, don't mention Donald Trump and his if his boat is empty or not. Just don't do it. And then, then I she has there. the cheek to go to the licking doorknob woman with that terrible face. <laughs> empty boat, empty boat. No, but what happened as you spoke was I looked at her and I hated that woman, I have to admit. And it just switched. <laughs> You're now experiencing the full Rowan Mangan can't stop laughing experience. <laughs> And you know what's what's a wonderful thing is our baby has that too. <laughs> so, but it was like boom! Suddenly, all I've had aggression against that unknown woman for months. And as you talked, I just looked at her and went, "Oh, you're just crazy." And all my antipathy for her went away, and I was like, "Oh, you're crazy." And and the boat was empty, and I felt myself leave my own boat. <laughs> <laughs> It's not funny. It's deep spiritual experience. Yeah, that's how I felt. (laughs) So where did you go when you left your boat? It it was very strange. It actually was a feeling of something vaporizing, like on Buffy the Vampire Slayer when they kill the vampires and they conveniently just go and they're gone. Yeah. It was... It was like Buffy the Vampire Slayer stuck me with a wooden stake and I disappeared. My anger disappeared. And all I was was the boat is an awareness observing the other woman. Mm-hmm. And she's completely caught mm. in the tide and mm. it's just, or the avalanche. And she's just rolling downhill and she's just helpless and crazy. And maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. But my antipathy 
disappears and there's nothing there. I remember when I started using this and people would get mad at me. I would, th you know, that thing, you're, uh, I'm rubber, you're glue bounces off me and sticks to you that kids say when they get teased. A new one came up for me and it was, um, you're solid, I'm air, try to hit me, I'm not there. And that's what it felt like. Whew, nothing to fight. Well, only because I successfully staked you a couple of seconds earlier. Yeah. And you vaporized into air. And I thank you for it so deeply. Yeah, yeah. no worries. My vampire self that was suffering with the, the horrifying image of the doorknob licker. Okay. So to recap, <clears throat> you're in a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, okay. I don't know why we're not therapists. <laughs> Just peed a little bit. I can't tell it would seat. be so mad at me. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're on a boat. Someone is licking doorknobs on our boat, <laughs> but we jump on board, stake them with a stake. And then we say, na, 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 na. <laughs> and we stick our tongue out <laughs> and then we just jump into the sky and we're done. Yeah. Except you staked me. So doorknob liquor is coming in her boat. Uh -huh. It's got a motor on it. Nobody yeah. in It's going, it cut me out and it smashes into a smash. Boom. And I'm like, I hate you forever. But you then jump out of your boat. Yeah. Stake me with your deep spirituality. <laughs> my aggression is gone. Your aggression is gone. It's just empty boats everywhere. Yeah. All boats are empty. All boats are empty. Does anyone have any questions? I don't see how you could. <laughs> <laughs> don't think we could have been any clearer. <laughs> so here's the deal. Next time something riles you up on mm -hmm. the internet, in person, anywhere, like do the steps, take a deep breath, come, come back to calm. Remember the no, no, no exercise. Okay, that didn't mean anything. Maybe this doesn't mean anything either. And then <laughs> picture Rowan Megan stabbing in your, you in the heart with a wooden stake. And you see that the boat of the person that hit you is empty. And as you realize that, all your aggression vaporizes and all the boats are empty. And you just are like lifting up into the sky away from all the boats. It's really nice, Marty. Yeah, so see the empty boats, be an empty boat, and stay wild. We hope you're enjoying Bewildered. If you're in the USA and want to be notified when a new episode comes out, text the word WILD to 570-873-0144. For more of us, Martha's on Instagram, the Martha Beck. She's on Facebook, the Martha Beck. And she's on Twitter, Martha Beck. Her website is marthabeck.com. And me, I too am on Instagram, Rowan underscore Mangan. I'm on Facebook as Rowan Mangan. And I'm on Twitter as Rowan Mangan. Bewildered is produced by Scott Forster with support from the brilliant team at MBI. You know, what I'm seeing out in the world is a lot of fear and a growing amount of despair. Maybe you're feeling that way too, because the ways our culture has taught us to navigate the world, to navigate our lives, they are failing us. We need 
a new language. We need a new set of tools to find our way individually and as a group. And I know we can still do this. I put everything I do know about it into Wayfinder Life Coach Training. And the tools that I teach there are to help people redefine how we relate to each other, how we make a living, how we do community. We can only change the world for the better if we redefine how we think and the world needs Wayfinders now more than ever. So please go to MarthaBeck.com and you'll find your way.